You're listening to Reach MDX M157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today exploring the topic of women and dermatology is Dr. Amy Derrick from Barrington, Illinois, a newer, younger member of the Women's Dermatological Society. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Michael. Amy, how long have you been in practice? I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary of starting my own private practice. What brought you to dermatology? What called you into the specialty? Well, you know, Michael, dermatology is a fantastic specialty. I think I was drawn into it originally during medical school because there was so much variety in the cases I saw. I was able to see children, adults. I was able to do skin cancer surgery, procedures like cosmetic injections, as well as doing microscope work like pathology. So with all of those things, you got to do a lot of different activities within a subspecialty, which was awesome. Okay, good. And let's tell the truth. I mean, because I'm a dermatologist too. I think part of what attracted us here was like, the call is very different because we have listeners out there who are in, you know, internists and GPs are going to be listening to us going like, oh yeah, right. You're never on call. However, I've been to the hospital at one in the morning for Stevens-Johnson syndrome. And you'll find that in your practice as it develops that you'll be making those kind of calls. Okay. So tell us about your involvement in the Women's Derm Society. Well, while I was a resident at the University of Chicago, I was involved with the mentorship program through the Women's Derm Society, and I was able to spend some time with some thought leaders in dermatology at a practice outside Boston. And at that practice, I was able to rotate with many of the private practitioners who worked there. I learned a lot of things with those people that was unique, such as hair transplants and other types of procedures that we didn't have exposure to while in residency. Now, this was a mentor program. Was this set up by the Women's Derm Society? It was. You basically chose a mentor and developed a project and then went to spend time with that physician. Who did you go with? Dr. Jeffrey Dover, who is a private practice dermatologist in Chestnut Hill. So your mentor in the Women's Derm Society was a man. That's correct. Was he a member of the society? That's correct. And about 8% of our members are men. And uh, you can rotate with either a female or a male. It's just one of the two of the mentorship pair needs to be a woman. Did you talk to him about the Women's Derm Society and why he was a member? Did you ever ask him? I think that he really appreciates women as dermatologists and supports the society because there are unique issues with women in dermatology. I also know that he's a, an annual men, uh, mentor to the members of the Women's Derm Society. So I believe every year someone goes from our society to work with him. What are the issues that are unique that you found to women in the society? Well, how does it help you? I think that while I was a resident, like I said, I was able to do different procedures. But as soon as I graduated from my residency, I started a new practice from scratch. I basically built a um, 4,000 square foot dermatologist dermatology practice from the concrete up. And so I was able to, as a women's derm member, to network with other female dermatologists in order to discuss some of the, not only the business decisions, but lifestyle decisions that are unique to, to being a woman in dermatology. Um, I was newly married. I don't have children. But, you know, in terms of strategic planning, it's, it's good to have access to people who've done that before in the past. So it's almost like a society in which you can fit in with peers, but it seems to be friendlier than most professional societies. What I'm hearing from you and from other members of the society is that you're really kind of working together to support each other. And that's more of the, it's not as much the women's derm society, but that's more like the feminine nurturing energy in all of us. I think that I've really been the recipient of a lot of that nurturing through the society. I've been able to gain a lot of wisdom through the experience of others. When you start your own business, you really need to become wise quickly. And I think that I've been able to find a shortcut to that wisdom by being involved with this Women's Germ Society. How often do you contact members of the society or talk to people or go to meetings? Do you, do you have ongoing relationships? I do. I've been at multiple events, such as a leadership retreat that was held recently um, for the Women's Germ Society. I do probably once a month phone calls with the Society for Fundraising Activities. 
And I'm always involved with community service outreach programs when they come through Chicago. Now, we have the the big society in dermatology, which is the American Academy of Derm. Are you involved with them? I am a member of the American Academy of Dermatology, and I have attended the both summer and annual meeting this last year after, after having graduated from my residency program. And do you get anything from them like you get from women's derm? I just think it's different. I mean, the American Academy of Dermatology offers wonderful classes in order to do professional development. And Women's Germ Society is more of a um, networking event for me in terms of finding other like-minded professionals to engage and talk to in a different way, such as a mentoring relationship. To my knowledge, the American Academy of Dermatology doesn't have formalized mentoring programs, whereas the Women's Germ Society does have that. It sounds to me more like instead of the Women's Germ Society, we should call it like the humanistic dermatological society because that's what I'm I'm hearing as I do the interviews for people in the society. I think that there's definitely a human element. We don't stop only with discussions at the practice. We also talk about our personal lives and how our professional life impacts our personal life. And I think that's really valuable because it's unique to be a dermatologist. You have to have been through a lot of training as other physicians have. But then when once you're done with your training, you're about 30 years old typically, and you're beginning your, your life after training. And it's unique in that way, I believe, because most people start their lives in their mid-20s and they're, and they're starting their family life and everything like that. But w- with professionals, you have to delay that a little bit. And this is nice that it started way back in your training. They, they reached out to you. Yeah, I think that was critical. I mean, it was such a nice opportunity. I was able to get a, a unique perspective. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I am speaking with the delightful Dr. Amy Derrick, who is in private practice in dermatology in Barrington, Illinois, which happens to be just a skip and a jump away from my office. So it's nice to have nice neighbors. All right. Tell us about your practice. How's it been the first year? Well, I started my practice in November, and at that time, I was seeing about six patients a day, and I was so busy with six patients a day. And through the evolution of improving my EMR, increasing staff, I'm up about 40 to 50 patients a day, and I work five days a week. Okay. That's like a full practice after a year. That's great. Yeah, and being being a, my own business owner, the, the work doesn't stop when the last patient leaves. There's a lot of work to be done after hours. So essentially, currently I'm working about seven days a week on the practice. I understand that. And it, it, it continues that way. Trust me, I've been in practice 30 years. You're always working on it. It's a work in progress. That's why they call it a practice. Well, I think like how, how successful you are in your practice is something that I, I'm hoping to be, and it, it takes a lot of work. Well, the bottom line of success in practice is always about happiness to me. It's not about ever how many patients you see, but how happy you are. Are you happy? I couldn't be any happier. I'm, um, I have a successful practice in terms of patient satisfaction. I think that I deliver the highest quality of care. I'm able to train myself with conferences and so forth because I am my own business owner, so I can decide to take off time in order to do CME. Let's get back to women in dermatology. When you were training at the UFC, how many residents were in your program? There were t- about 10 residents in my program. How many were women? It depends on the year. About two out of the group were men at any one time. So it seems to be there's a high percentage of women in dermatology. And there's a myth that runs around the dinosaurs like me that you hear every once in a while that, oh, yeah, women in dermatology, we're taking all these beautiful young women, they look like spokesmodels, and they go out into practice and they work about a day a week. That's not happening. You know, for me, like I said, I I work full-time, and my other colleagues, especially within the Women's Germ Society, I know they have busy practices and work full-time in addition to community service outreach and so forth. I don't know specific people in our community that work only one day a week. I'm not certain if that's a valid assumption. Well, the assumption comes from the fact that there seems to be a shortage of dermatologists. And then the other assumption, which was in the New York Times recently, was that it's easier to get an appointment for Botox than it is for a mole check. What's it like in your practice? What percentage of your practice is cosmetics? I think it's changing, but it's probably 10 to 20 percent cosmetic, I would say, 
off the cuff. And if someone has a changing mole, they would get in immediately at my practice, no questions asked. I've seen that study before, and I always wonder, too, if in that study they didn't ask when they were scheduling the appointment, they were assuming that the Botox and the mole check appointments were of similar time. Yeah, so interesting. I've called a couple practices to prepare for this show, and I found just the opposite results. I found from even some of the busiest cosmetic practices who have websites that look to me like the Estee Lauder Foundation, that I found that if I called anonymously, not identifying myself, and asked for a mole check, or as compared to a Botox visit, I could get in faster for the mole check, actually. So I'm not sure I agree with that article either. I mean, I'm sure there are some people that are purely cosmetic, and even in our area too, and, and it takes a long time to get to see them. So I'm not sure where those statistics came from. You know, it's also one of those things where the, it's a rate-limiting step in the a number of new dermatologists that come out every year. And, for example, at the University of Chicago, when I graduated, there were three graduates that year. If you look at the state of Illinois, I'm not certain exact numbers, but maybe 20 or so residents, new residents, new dermatologists coming out every year. So there aren't many new dermatologists coming out. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I am speaking with the delightful Dr. Amy Derrick, who is in private practice in dermatology in Barrington, Illinois. Let's get back to Women's Derm Society for a second. What type of programs have you participated in? I've done a lot of volunteerism, whether it be a skin cancer screening, but I'm also involved with the fundraising committee and networking events. Women's Derm is unique in that there's a lot of leadership development where you can go to conferences and they, they bring in people in order to help you both grow professionally and personally. Life coaches and uh, media training and all of these things that are helpful as we develop into you know, more seasoned veterans. Well, I have to say I'm joining <laughs> after all this because what I'm hearing from you is that this is an organization that's looking to develop you. Forget about women. Forget about dermatology. It's looking to develop you as a full human being as a, and a doctor, which I don't hear about in any other organization. There's nothing else that I belong to that does that. And I think this is a fabulous opportunity. What do you see your future in the organization? Would you like to be president? <laughs> The presidents of the Women's Germ Society are the most amazing group of women. So I would, I'm very humbled to think that I'd even be considered, you know, many years from now for that position. But truthfully, I would like to become more involved, and it's it's the organization which I find most comforting to me as a, a new professional, a young doctor, and a businesswoman. Um, a lot of these practitioners, especially within Women's Germ, own their own businesses. And so I think that's a unique perspective, and it's hard. It's very hard to have started your own business. You go without a lot of things. You go out that, without a new car and without a new home and all of these things. When you're starting to make money, you have to reinvest everything back into the practice. People on the outside, our patients think it's very easy to be a doctor. They think you just walk in and it's a money machine, and they don't get that you really have to work very hard. It is a hard job. It's very rewarding, but it is a lot of work. You know, the power of radio and the media, we could help get you to be president. Do you think do you, <laughs> do you think that I could be pre Could there be a male president of the organization? I'm not certain there has been a male president. There are many active male members, but I'm certain that there's no exclusion to men being leaders. Okay. Well, maybe I'll head that direction. Well, that sounds like a good plan. And, and being a, being uh, supported by Dr. Wendy Roberts is certainly a, a good start in that direction. That's a wonderful organization. Amy, I want to thank you for being our guest today. Do you have anything else you want to add about the Women's Derm Society? Anything else you want to say? If you are a young dermatologist, you should really consider becoming part of Women's Derm Society. If you are a medical student or a resident, being a dermatologist is one of the most wonderful specialties and should definitely be considered. Would you let women in if they were like surgeons and said, listen, I really want to learn to be a better person? You know, I think that we are in, in the process of engaging other women's societies and other specialties in order to do joint conferences on leadership, in order to do cross-specialty training. And so that's actually in the works right now. I don't think you can belong to the, our society as a non-dermatologist, but I do believe that 
there are some cross-training that are planned, activities that are planned. Because it just sounds so good to bring some care and compassion back into medicine, where most of our societies, with all due respect to them, and they, they do great work, but they seem to be political animals these days, that it, it's about you know stepping stones up into the organization and, and where you speak. And it's like, I find it to be harsh and cold and a, a patriarchy as compared to what you have. You know, I'm not very politically motivated. I just like to do my job and like to take care of patients and, and like to be involved. Well, thanks for being our guest, as I said, and sharing your insights into the Women's Derm Society and your practice. You're already doing well. You're already successful, so just don't worry about the future. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Reach MD is here for you, the health professionals who care for your patients. Tell us what you want and what you need. Send your email to xm at reachmd.com. We value your comments and your questions, and we thank you for listening. <laughs>